Okay, so welcome everybody to Real Life Rave Confessions. It's been over a year since our last session, and we didn't even get through half of the demos at the time, and now we've got even more demos. We want to welcome tonight's guest, Telephone Tel Aviv. Here to roast your demos. <laughs> AKA Josh Eustace. Hi, everybody. Uh, and of course, I'm Lisa Blanning, and everybody knows Goucher Less Work because we're we're squatting his channel right now. Hey. And um. start by saying first off that this is a blind demo test we have no foreknowledge of who the artist is their name or anything like that we just are listening to the music and talking about it so um based on that i'm gonna say i'm pretty sure i heard that song in the mid 90s but other than that <laughs> fellas uh I think, yeah, I mean, it's like definitely hinting at kind of late 90s type of stuff with how how low everything's tuned and everything. But then I get this like Dianoga bass line sounding thing. Like the bass sound is like reminiscent to me of like late 90s, early aughts era Chicago math rock kind of stuff. But then the, all the production stuff is this this really kind of, it sounds all grungy and all fucked up, but it's 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 got all of this like, tricky panning stuff going on there's like stuff moving around there's all these like little details that are going on in the production that to make it interesting it's not the kind of music that i listen to so i really probably shouldn't speak too much about it because i really don't know a lot about this kind of stuff but um uh i think if i i think if jesus if it's a bedroom production i'm, I'm pretty impressed actually uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy that uh, we get so many different kinds of musicians slash acts submitting. That that I, I really like and enjoy. Uh, never would have. It, it it always kind of surprises me when I hear someone who makes music like that, and I, I I imagine that they're a fan of Goucher, and that's why they have submitted to to this show. 
And I, I really like that. Yeah, it was cool. You wouldn't surprise. think that people that make music like that listen to Galcher, but here you are, you know. <laughs> I was like, I was for a second, I thought it was um, like the the mixing sounded very like high focus. See there, Galcher, are you there, man? Who's Can you hear me? See his animations like bouncing. Can you hear me? Can you hear me though? Okay, I um we can Gal Galter is only coming through on Twitch. He's not coming through on Skype. Oh. Uh -huh. I thought that I knew there was like a delay. Right, I had going Twitch on. muted, so we weren't on the crazy delay. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, the last one was uh, uh Algo Paso by Yossi. All, All right, right. thanks for sending it in, Yossi. Yeah, Yossi, if you're in the chat, um, we want to know more about you. Is it a band or just one person? I feel like I'm blind. I feel like I'm new. to be like again I see life I live the same life as you feel like I'm delight or i guess like <laughs> the guitar i like the guitar the, and all that the bass guitar is really nice i have a soft spot for soul and r and B. I I just i just Me like too. the genres so um do mm -hmm. you guys remember do you guys remember in the sort of early teens that that act uh, i think you're actually from la josh um ink no i don't know ink I, I that time for me not. was Janine in the mixtape when she first did her weird like grouper R&B EP that was so fucking good. It's so good. And it, she had like a major label deal and it got kind of stuff. Anyway, I don't, yeah, I don't want it to deep right. Ink, I've never heard of Ink. I should probably check and, that out. Well, it, it, in a way, it kind of reminded me of that in the sense that it's um, it's 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 live musicians, uh, but very much in like a soul R&B framework and 
this 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 is is nice. I don't. I think that the, I I like the vocalist. I like the vocalist, and I feel like it's still still in early stages, as I guess everybody who probably sends us their stuff is. Um, but I could kind of see that getting bigger. I say something yeah. like that. She's got a she's got a really cute voice. I like the voice. She's a good singer. Guitar playing's fabulous. I think it's like kind of Pino Palladino-ish a little bit, like just behind the beat, the way the thing feels. Mm -hmm. And I, I always kind of love that. Like, like basically, ever since I first got into like D'Angelo, I I got mm. in. I'm always into like things being a little bit late. Um, it just sounds right to me somehow. And I like all these add nine chords. I like all these like really extended harmonies. Um, I'm a big fan of that stuff personally in my own music. So when I hear it in other people's music, I feel like I'm not alone. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, I thought it was really like it had a very nice like textural quality to it. I I guess in, term, in, a, in an arrangement point of view, um, like lyrically, it felt a little bit repetitive, but um, you know when the music's like good it's kind of like i don't really it's not a complaint really um yeah and i did it did remind me a lot of d'angelo that that's cool that you mentioned um d'angelo again uh yeah that so was, what so yeah who, who is that? that that was uh Leia sen and the track's called i feel like i'm blue I'd be interested to know if that's one person doing everything or if there's uh, other other people involved. Yeah. Musicians yeah. plus vocalist or or whatever. Anyway, and, and she she did the vocals on the Joy Orbison track better. Rosso Jam says in the chat. Cool. Oh, All produced by her. He this person thinks they think. Nice. Oh, yeah. I that checks this. out. I love this. Good good intel. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Yeah. Anytime anybody knows anything about these these people, please please tell us. Cool. All right. I like that. I like Next. the Joy Orbison track too. I like that track. All right. Let's hear the next one. All right.
that was Dark Dress by Younger, uh, oh, sorry, Dark Dress by Films. I, um, I didn't love that, but I thought it was nice. I thought, um, actually, you know what? Maybe I would like it more if the synths weren't so soft. That's not fair, though, is it? No, it's it's fair. I have here's my here's my I'll start with my gripes and then I'll get into what I think is good about it. Okay. My gripe is the little click sounds too much like Klopfgeist from Logic Audio. It sounds like the click track is playing. It sounds like he bounced it with the click track in. Now I know that's not what happened. It was an aesthetic choice that I made, but I think that I think that was an aesthetic choice that is a swing and a miss. I think the aesthetic choice that is a swing and a crush on a Waveland Avenue though is the chord progression, which is awesome. Um, it's dressed up really nice. It's not super extended harmony or anything, but and it, and it's a chord progression that we all know. But it's it was uh, dressed up in a way I think uh, with enough embellishment around it and with a texture, uh, the sound choice uh, uh, textured enough that that made it interesting and kind of um, took me out of myself for a minute. Um, I started thinking about all the things I regret in my life for a second. <laughs> I think in that way, it was really nice. That's beautiful. That's a really nice thing to say. Yeah, I feel like it, that's the crux of the track is the is the is like the, the the deep pads, and then the percussive elements don't seem like not as necessary to me, really. Yeah, it takes you out of it, huh? Yeah, like it it kind of because I was like when it started, I was like in this like ooh okay. And I just kind of wanted it to repeat like that and just have the texture shift uh, because it was already saying enough for me. And the drums sort of were like, hey, wake up. They kind of took me out of it. And so it, uh, my suggestion would be to, I think you should delete that. I think they need to Lars dad those drums. <laughs> I was yeah. confused because um, there was like this, was there a noisy passage in the middle or was that just something weird happening on my computer? It got kind of like mm, louder. There was like there was like this whole distorted section, but I didn't know if that was because I opened an app. That happened at the end. There's like this squelchy section, which which is cool. I mean, it it helped shape the narrative of the thing. I think. Okay, mine. Was, I just think it was, didn't need the drums. But that's just me. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, you know what? Films. Uh, good effort, man. Thank you for sending that. Um, yeah, and now like we have. Okay, so first off, uh, Watch Cartoons Online says, Brain Zaps Reading Films. Okay, and Amit DX has a question for Josh. What are you looking for when evaluating new music slash artists? What shows you a certain promise or trajectory that someone may be bringing something interesting to the scene? That's a that's actually a really hard question to answer. What, I mean... I, honestly, it's always just personal taste for me. I mean, do I like it? Does, is it cool to listen to? Is it interesting? Is it fun? Or is it beautiful? Or does it make me like feel something? Um, sometimes I want to listen to music for just pure wow factor. Uh, sometimes, you know, I want to listen to Autechre and just have my brain massaged by a thing. Sometimes, uh, sometimes I want to just listen to like NPR ambient. It just, it, it depends. Um, but what am I looking for? Evaluate new music and artists. That's tough. I mean, are they doing something new? Are they 
are they, uh, you know, okay, every musician starts from somewhere, right? And they kind of, you start by ripping off something and then you kind of take it and make it your own and you become your own thing. Um, so uh, my thing is how, how beholden to the things that came before them are they as artists? Are they so mm -hmm. indebted to everything that came before them that they're really just rehashing things? Or are they, mm -hmm. are they, I'll use Goucher as an example. Um, Goucher made quote unquote, a whole ton of quote unquote house music but did it sound like any other house music I'd heard? Not really, no. Did it reference things that I was aware of and that I grew up with in the 90s? Yeah, a little bit. Um, but was it really referencing that much house music? Actually, no, it was referencing rap shit. But it was reframed in, in, in most cases, a house music context. It, was, it sounded totally new and totally fresh to me. It's why I started playing it out in, in DJ sets immediately upon, upon yeah. hearing it. That's, that's one example. Yeah, I actually agree with that assessment. And I have to say, Josh, that um, you're you're actually pretty articulate. So so nice one. And um, uh, I, Morgan thought you were going to come out with something totally juicy. But boy, was he wrong. <laughs> OK, so let, let's uh, let's hear the next one, shall we? OK. Flutie Flowers. flowers boy did you live up to your name um that was i uh the one thing the one thing i thought i thought it was really funny and uh I, I i actually enjoyed it but i also couldn't tell if it was ironic which i don't like i think that i actually i'm not really into ironic music me personally i know that other people are uh but i, I really like it when people mean it and, and and if if people really mean it and it's very cheesy i i'm into that but this one was uh, because there there was like a, a borderline ironic element to it, or so it it would appear. Uh, it kind of left me feeling a bit uncertain. But um, I, I, I for me, I actually really liked the the mashup element of it. Like you got this reggaeton beat, you've got this like quasi like new age fluty sounds. You got this acoustic guitar loop. <laughs> so it was pretty funny. Yeah, I like I I was kind of. Like hoping or hoping for the worst as as the drop was coming or as the as the build up was coming, yeah. And then what? But then once the the reggaeton beat came in, I was like, oh okay, okay, we're in Miami right now. Like, you know, 
it, it does it did sound really fresh like like contemporary reggaeton to me once once the beat kicked in i guess the the flute itself is kind of kind of silly sounding though uh I'm going to torch this one. Uh, I'm going to burn this <laughs> under the ground. Um, and, and, and the reason why, is, and, and it's beautifully done, it's immaculately produced, it's done with skill, and, and, and I think if this is the kind of the thing that you're into, this checks all the boxes. But to me, it sounds like the background music of like an AI Chengdu girl walking through Shenzhen, like those videos you see on Instagram of like the fucking seven foot tall uh, Amazon <laughs> beautiful Chinese woman and then you know she it freezes in slow motion and the drop hits and it's this kind of music that I hear is pretty much every time where it's like slowed down nightcore version of this kind of thing um uh I wouldn't play this out uh I <laughs> laughed out loud when the drop came it was funny and entertaining I think it's entertaining as a piece of music but uh yeah that's um, a good word yeah not for me not not for me personally yeah yeah. So uh, um, we would love to know f if how Flutie Flowers felt about that that uh, assessment. A sopa uh, is Flutie is Flowers. I would, hear, a... I would be definitely interested to hear more from this artist. Oh, a, so a sopa. I'm sorry, a sopa. And also, I'd be. I would like to know where a sopa is from. Yeah, me too. Uh, yeah. Oh, me so too. so Chance W I Chance Wisconsin uh, calls it Hobbit Core. So you know, <laughs> although you know, like uh, a, a little bit, yeah. But Mor but Morgan gave it three dancing leprechauns, so you know I don't know what what are you gonna do and and uh, to to um, where'd that one go to Mountain Bold of course we're gonna ask Josh about his real life rave confession that comes later you guys have to sit through all of us uh, all the demos first. All right, I'm oh, gonna pull up the next one. I. Man, I got too many windows open right now. It's crazy. Okay, here it is.
a sucker for that like delay, that kind of delay with the vocals. Yeah, I, I, I'm a sucker for that kind of vocal delay uh, sound, the like ethereal, like, yeah. This was really beautiful. Um, this was nice. This that crystalline like pad through the shimmer, the Valhalla shimmer pad. I, I love that stuff. I'm a sucker for it every time. Um, I'd play this out. It's got big mix problems, in my opinion. Because the as soon as that rides the 909 ride comes in, it's just shitting all over all the all the other drums. The kick and the clap just vanish at that point. So uh, that would be my that would be my like when you're mixing a song like this, like check it against other stuff that's sort of in the remotely the same vein and see where those kicks and the claps and stuff like that. See where that stuff lands in relationship to ride symbols because the ride in this mix just chews up the whole thing basically now luckily all that drum stuff's in the middle and you get all this shimmery stuff on the outside which keeps things sounding really nice but it makes it it'll make it harder to play out it's a beautiful uh, track though i'd play this out who, who else is finding it a revelation that um that josh is also a dj the man does the man does it all no no not really <laughs> mediocre <laughs> at best <laughs> Yeah, I think, uh, sorry, is this person called DJ Skydog? Yeah. I, I Honestly, I think that's a terrible name, but no one ever listens to me on this stuff, so. I, I, I don't mind it. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is weird, though. You're like, okay, yeah. But, you know, things are weird these days. That truer words. Uh, we're never joking. <laughs> they are <laughs> indeed quite weird. Anything that you can remember, you know. I I'll remember Sky Dog. I can remember that. Okay, good point. <laughs> uh, okay, so that was Wouldn't You by DJ Sky Dog. Let me load up the next one. That sounded like that one TikTok sound. 
which one that is. But I, <laughs> well, so so for me, um, one of the issues I have is with this is that there it sounds like a bit retro. It kind of reminded me of like slow big beat. Um, and I I just wonder, does no one make music that sounds future anymore, or is is the idea of the future too already set in stone that it's too difficult to envision what future might sound like? So, uh, so that's 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 one thing I don't I I didn't love about it is but that's like a personal choice I think for myself is uh, is I don't I don't love it when things sound too retro. Um, it was for me it was kind of hard to get away from that because uh, it, it really took me back to an era if that makes sense. You're putting your finger on the sore that bothers a lot of us about electronic music these days and. And there are signifiers, there are, shall we say, landmarks in this that, that show that it's modern, specifically these kind of serum-based sounds and stuff that really weren't possible during the era that you're talking about because this technology didn't really exist to make sounds like that. You could get close with the Prophet VS or maybe some combination of Prophet VS and Nord, or, and then maybe when the, when the Evolver tabletop first dropped in like 04, 05, you could maybe get kind of close to it. But but this is a signifier of software synthesis, which gets these gigantic, just absurd, crazy, incredible bass sounds. But uh, again, it also has this the sort of Chengdu girl walking, uh, uh, Shenzhen hot woman walking uh, feeling, this kind of <laughs> slow, slow thing that, that that's all over Instagram. And I reset my algorithm every two weeks. But, as soon as as soon as I like uh, a post from a friend of mine that looks like that, my whole feed is just that. Um, so are you are you so when you say that, are you saying that um, it, it, it's essentially kind of gamified sounding or soundtracky or like somehow uh, related to commercial like commercial in the sense that it's like selling something or not necessarily. You're, it's a, you're, it's, you're just talking about the aesthetic. I'm talking about the aesthetic. It's a type of music that's used a lot. I mean, like this is immaculately produced. Um, again, tons of little details. The mix is really good on this one, I think. It's very balanced. It's not like super bass heavy or super treble heavy. It's like it was very carefully, it's a considered mix by somebody that's got good ears. Um, but uh, I don't, I don't know. Like I wouldn't, this wouldn't go in any of my DJ sets. I don't know where I would put it. Um, it's not really, um, it is a little bit, I think the thing that you're keying on also, uh, Lisa, is that it gives off this feeling of sort of body music in a way, because it has a lot of those signifiers in it, these kind of, you know, a sort of industrial swooshes and this kind of stuff. It, it gives, it gives that away a little bit, which, which I think is always something that I, I'm always going to kind of like, uh, mm -hmm. because I, I mean, my introduction to electronic music after Herbie Hancock in the eighties was essentially body music in the early nineties. Mm -hmm. um but this is um i think that this person um i think it's oh it's akali akali i think akali akali is a gifted producer that probably still has a little more uh searching to do to find their voice if that makes sense yeah um and uh morgan's saying in the chat that it sounds like a web presentation and that's kind of what i'm what i am was asking is is if people think that this is the basically it's a sound that accompanies uh something else i.e it's secondary do you know what i mean it's just it's just sort of like sound it's the sort of, sort of like this soundtrack for hire which you don't know the name of who did it because that doesn't matter i don't know galcher how about you yeah it does sound um like like it could be 
something where someone just is i want a commission soundtrack for this that's like very like heavy industrial dark and this is kind of what would come out um i don't know i've like yeah, I agree that this the mixing is good and it kind of it just like it feels like it wears its influences on its sleeve like a little too much and just doesn't do something else like vocal or you know one sound being weird or like you know yeah. some sample or just some some kind of like unique like signature thing cuz right now it's just all the 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 pieces of the puzzle like the cut, you know, it's like a colored in coloring book kind of. I feel like I would really like to hear Akali Akali make the music that is in their heart and not the music that they feel like they need to be making for one reason or another. Because I think that's what's going on here. Ooh, and that you that's the TTA challenge there, Akali. Yeah, the TTA challenge always, if you want to have a, a miserable career of music and be essentially poor throughout your entire adult life, but make sick <laughs> shit. Um, you, uh, you make what's in here. You don't make something that, that, uh, suits a purpose. It's, you know, I, I remember when I studied Hindemith in, in college, he has like this whole thing of like, uh, music that suits a purpose. And I always kind of hated that, even though I'm certainly part of that world, you know, we make dance music or you make ambient music or you make chill music, whatever. But I always kind of just sort of spiritually pushed back against that. And I feel like a lot of people are now especially producers as all this stuff's getting democratized and and the the tools whereby these things are made are propagated everywhere um it's it's great because it gives everybody the ability to to make tracks and everybody should make tracks everybody should make art everybody should make stuff um but the hard part about it is is uh spending enough time with it where you find your voice like what are what you're adding to to uh the whole the whole collective unconscious conversation that we've all been having since the morning of the world. Right. Well, yes. shit. on that note, let's hear the next one.
I don't know if you caught that at the end. It was like a, like a a dead tone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, me. Okay, so normally I actually hate that kind of um, gimmicky device, but actually for this, I really liked that. <laughs> I really liked that it was just it was basically all constructed around phone sounds and. Don't that's I don't think that's a new idea by any means. Um, however, I thought that they did it really playfully and it was funny and it was a solid, you know, like acidy slash, you know, electro leaning track. Um, I, I think that it probably was missing some element to make it like a total banger, but um, I kind of liked it. I, I, I actually for me, it was sort of like the catchiest one that of the session. Yeah, um, hmm, I have like a lot of feelings about this one because like I do notice the acid and the drums programming and I, I like those bits of it. And then, yeah, like I, I don't I necessarily didn't need like the, the like reverb and the build ups and the, you know, extras like I felt like it was it had a couple too many layers. And yeah. if it was just like acid like whatever drum machine it is um in the in the ringtone like those three things just those three things it could be like on some like green velvet vibe like you know just some kind of like older like tooly house acid house track yeah this one infuriated me because i thought <laughs> i was gonna get I thought I was getting like Thule 90s era acid. Um, the drum programming was right on the money. The, the bass line was cool and memorable. I can sing it to myself still. I remember it. Uh, but the 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 telephone sound uh, arpeggio was fucking repellent and infuriating. <laughs> and I should never, God, please take it out of that track. Please take it out. Um, but the track is sick. Like the baseline's cool. Like the drum programming's cool. Like it, it's not so fast that it's unusable. I think Lisa, yeah, you're probably right. He probably needs to come in with a 909 ride at some point to really make it a big banger. But uh, I actually think I think Goucher probably um, what you said definitely rang true for me. That if there had been some. If, if they had made it less complicated, they had tried to do less with it, um, but had bigger impact, that that might have worked better. Uh, it, felt, it felt like it was a little too clever on a few, on a few different levels. Uh, but yeah, like not who is this person? I can I can't really I can't really see that. What does that say? Amber Leaf. Okay, well, Amber, Amber Leaf. I I think that uh that that person, yeah. Got some bangers in them. Yeah, Amber, we wanna we wanna know what what you're what you're gonna be up to. How do we know that's not a woman? Amber, maybe maybe the next maybe the maybe like a maximal version of this could go in the direction of like like Oakenfold or like BT because it it has kind of that like breakbeat <laughs> in the beginning. It kind of goes away, but like for a second I thought yeah, I was could getting a, do that. getting a breakbeat thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually thought it was going to go that way, and then it went and then it went acid. But uh, that's that's interesting. Uh, okay, Josh, how much time have you got? How we we could do a few more, yeah? Yeah, we can do a few more. 
Okay, let's do let's do three more, and then Josh has to tell us his juicy rave confession. And it's if not anybody... that interesting. Okay, well, I mean, don't don't. don't... <laughs> We're, we're going to get psyched up for it anyway. But um, y'all, don't send us any more tracks. You got to wait till next time now because uh, we'll just we'll, we'll just lose them at this point if you send them now. I'll need to like set up another submission site for people to submit. Of course, this is going to mean like forever. We're going to be doing these forever and ever and ever and ever. Yeah, <laughs> once, a, once a year until we die. That's our, that's our <laughs> penance for being ravers. Yeah. Okay, I'll pull up the next one. Yep. Oh, this is like a whole release, but I'm just going to play the first one. Okay, that was Andy Ammo. The name of the track was Wellness Theme. <laughs> um, Sounds that better. one I found this. Yeah, I found this. I found this one kind of strange because, in a way, I was I just kind of zoned out for a second, and and it really sounded as though it was a person who was in an indie band making electronic music like that's the thought that came to me but then when i tried to i tried to like tune back in to make sure that that was actually correct um and and i, I couldn't quite couldn't quite um make that that work out but uh i also i got distracted because um watch cartoons online says in the chat uh andiamo get it i at, like in italian andiamo means let's go and then of course he's also ammo and his track's name is is wellness so there's there's so many puns going on here that that's that seems significant somehow. I don't know. What do you? <laughs> I like that the dude's like standing next to a jeep dressed like a Serbian pill dealer. Like, I just like that the dude looks like he's ready to sell me some perks or something. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Uh, 
Yeah, I mean, the tracks, you know, it's really beautiful. I think some of the, I mean, I think the melodic choices and the chord choices are really nice. Uh, they're, they're, they're interesting and kept me kept me listening. I think some of the sound choices are a little boilerplate, and I wish that uh, Andy, Andy Ammo, Andy Ammo, would dig in a little more on sound design and stuff like that. Um, I'm not sure I agree with Morgan Lewis that the break's got to go. I think... Um, <laughs> I think the breaks Morgan's kind of been so it, contrary it feels it felt life. very post rock you you know what I mean and this is a thing that like I, I definitely was adjacent to a lot of this stuff in the early aughts of like uh, okay picnic brunch mentions more music it's like yeah this this definitely feels like indebted to like early period lollipuna or like early period not twist or something like that um, which is not yeah, a bad see? so that so so I was right about the indie call and everybody in the chat agrees with yeah. me yeah, yeah I agree well, too. I was thinking of like Trans Am or something or like, uh, yeah, like yeah. the live, the live drums really like, I don't know if it's the way that they're mixed or like the level that they're mixed at, but they feel like more like older drums or something. I don't know. Or like the yeah, way I they're played. I thought that part of it was charming, right? Like. No, dude. And I'll, fuck all that retro shit. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I. Well, Andiamo, nice one. So, is this the last one? One more? Or no, yeah. we got a couple more. Keep going. Couple yeah, more? Two, two more. Two more. Two. This one and one. I probably one got till like one thirty. Right. Okay, so so, so, I got so, like, so no, we, twenty minutes then. All right, cool. Yeah, we got we got time. We got time. We started late, so we can go late. It's fine. Pretty slick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I thought the the sort of uh, uh, 
after after party like morning morning time garage thing i'm into that as a vibe i actually felt like the drums could use a little bit more a defter touch i i mean obviously like um i'm totally into garage but uh if there was something a, a little bit too stilted about it for me and and garage should actually roll uh, it should, it should, it should be, it should, it, yeah, it should be more of a roller. So that would be my advice to this person. Um, but the, but the vibe is nice and, uh, yeah, it's a, a, it's kind of a, it's also kind of classic, although it's, it's clearly, again, it's like still a bit retro. Yeah, I, I think let's talk about the, well, for the track's beautiful, um, I love that high pitched thing that's breaking up on the edges. That that thing's really nice. Chord choices are really cute. The sample is very, very cheeky. God bless you um, for that. Um, the drums feel they feel a little light to me. And to me, it's 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 a post burial phenomenon that happened in garage music where drums started to become really, really, really light. And everybody started thinking about the song being this, a fish and the beats, just this tiny little sinew of bone, this tiny little thread holding it to barely holding the song together in the middle. And that's a burial thing that 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 he did. And that I, in my opinion, he might be the only person that ever really pulled it off is having drums that light hit that hard. And uh, and I think it's, you know, the best analogy is like, OK, he's Paul Atreides. He doesn't need to use the weirding module. You know what I mean? He can shout and split the earth open. But the rest of us, we need to use the weirding module. Make your drums hit harder and you got a banger. Yeah, I I don't really have much to say about the level of the drums, but um, the chords are really nice, like like just real mm -hmm. sophisticated and, you know, Kind of like a like like a liquid drum and bass type of chord progression or something. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, I, really Goucher, I think this person listened to your last record. Honestly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's got I I, I it has all the things I like. <laughs> Although I don't know <laughs> I much think, about. I think they're garage. probably listening to you. Yeah, I don't know much about garage music though. That's the one thing I'm kind of just completely unknowing about. Um, so it sounded good to me. All right. Yeah, I liked it a lot, honestly. Okay, so wait, what's this? What's their name? Oh yes, that Frank. was a uh, Binko Binko, and the track was called Frank Joint. <laughs> the sample, of course. Frank Ocean. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next one. Next one.
Blasphemous. It's like blasphemous, but like femme with femme in it. And the track is called Half of Me featuring what? No, not not right now. <laughs> um, Half of Me featuring Mayuka. Uh, I, I think the vocalist was really nice. I actually, you know, I might have prefer, preferred it if there if it if there weren't beats to it, if it was just sort of like a more ethereal thing or 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 less beats, like more spare beats. Uh, yeah, I nice is kind of the, the 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 most I can come up with though. I didn't I didn't love it. Yeah, I like the vocals. I want to put a baseline on it. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like the kick, the kick doesn't drive the track enough like there needs to be another rhythmic like like kind of like the last one like a rolling feeling to it or something i don't know yeah i wanted to do like a boom 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 boom. i want like something low and rumbling like kind of adjacent to the kick drum not necessarily near it there's like cool little production touches like the clap alternates it's not the same clap sample every time you hear it it flip-flops every time which is nice because it does this weird stereo imaging thing and if you like close your eyes and listen to it you can kind of feel it moving around you which is i always love those little touches um you know when i hear music that's kind of produced like that um i thought the voice was really nice i thought it was underutilized um there were a lot of like harmonies that i thought could have been stacked up and sent wide to make the thing feel a little bigger um but no it's cool it's cool it's, it's a little low. It's got a unique sound um, to it. Like, it's it's getting some somewhere. There's something to it, to me. The little Rhodes patch with the it was nice. I liked it. Chord progression's cool. Yeah, and I was also like just thinking about kind of um, I don't know this sort of weird like. I don't know if it was this. I don't know what where, if this was like a scene or not, but like I'm thinking of like Steve Spacek and like Victor mm-hmm. Duplay <laughs> and people like these guys, where mm-hmm. they kind of fuse R and B with like a more like Euro sounding like instrumental. Um, but it, yeah. it kind of reminded me of that. Is that Erica Decazier's lane now or? Oh shit! I I love her music. I love her. Yeah, she's and great. she's sick. She's great. I think that's actually that was a very that that was a spot on as a reference. I don't know if that's what blasphemous if blasphemous is familiar with these artists, but uh, well, you know, probably presumably, but uh, but yeah, it definitely is is um, it exists in that same world. Interesting. 
Yeah, keep going. No, we yeah, got more. Let's do, let's do more. This is fun. I could do this all day, honestly. I really. I wish I could do it all day. I can't. I have to do stuff after this, but let's do a couple you're, more. You're great at it, though. Yeah, made for this shit. The trick is the there's there's great and terrible shit about almost everything. You know what I mean? There's great and terrible stuff about my records. You know, like it's it's cool to be able to like look dispassionately look at your own music and go, "Wow, that sucks." You know, or like <laughs> I could have done that, but that's really whack. You know. Anyway. All right. Next one. to switch up for a second um okay so obviously this is a goucher fan which is cool like me personally that's a sound i like um my my one note for this person is that they they should probably uh get a vocal coach but um to be honest i like the track i I mean it is it is clearly it, it it does it you know we can all tell that it wears its heart on its sleeve but uh, but but I liked it. Yeah, I liked it too. I the the <laughs> the voices the voices seem kind of abrasive at first, like the singing ones, the more singing voices. But it it, it just kind of it it sat in the mix in a nice way. I thought like if this person doesn't have a vocal coach, then they did a good job of like sort of hiding uh most of those you know what i mean like they hit it they hit their voice so i don't know yeah a coach. and I, I i liked that riff at the end that was starting there i feel like that could probably you know turn into another thing or something uh i love the meng's theme chords in the intro which like just signify a thing to me of 1993 or 1994 like when i was first starting to go to raves or whatever and it it's slower and more more goucher than that but uh 
but I love that about it. And I think I will be the only person to say that I think that dude should sing the whole fucking track. It was, I love hearing him sing. I love hearing singers going for it, even when they're not that great. His voice sounds interesting and cool. And like, if it's technically not great, I don't care because the vibe was fucking awesome. Like, I, I have to applaud that kind of that kind of sincere. I, I'm I'm tired of everybody like not making like worried about whether or not their music is cool and worried of, and, and and being overly worried about technical elements of it instead of just going for it. Just fucking go for it. It's that's sick. When you go for something, when you just you just uh, you totally honestly bury your soul in a piece of music uh, it, that was viewed as cringe for like the last 30 years. But now I, it's not cringe. It's cool. I've always thought it was cool to do that. And this guy's doing it. And so hats off. I love this track. I think it's I think it's sick. And I think the vocal stuff is like, you know, the, the talking and rapping is like funny and kitschy in a kind of uh, uh, a sort of love letter to Goucher Lust work and and, uh, and all of that work. But I think also this dude singing is, is sick. I'm into it. <laughs> yeah, it's cool. You can tell it's like real. I just like the spontaneousness of it, of the sound. Like, uh, yeah. you can imagine that, the room. True. You can imagine being in this room, sort of. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was good. He's holding a Sure SM58, and he's like at his desk, and he's like, "Fuck, I'm just into this. Like, the track's tight. Like, I, I got something going. I'm just gonna sing some stuff." <laughs> and it's like, it's sick. He was feeling what was in his heart at the time, and and uh, and so he like he he's got this 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 little moment that he had in the studio and it's preserved in amber for everybody else. And then that's a gift, I think. Okay, so wait, what is it? Body Bite? Uh, let's see here. Yeah, Body Bite featuring Lazy Camper. Lazy Camper. Anyway, I, okay, so uh, Wonder if Lady, Lady, Lazy Camper is the vocalist. Yeah, uh, maybe. Could be. Lazy. I'm into Lazy Camper then. I'm a fan. I'm they definitely had a lazy, a lazy feel, feel to their voice. Oh yeah, oh it's fucking lazy <laughs> as shit. But I mean, that's a that's a vibe in itself, right? I mean, I don't know. I yeah, definitely. <laughs> All right, next one. All right, well, I guess what this is, it's like a, it's 23 past the hour, so I guess this is probably the last one, and then and then of course we have to do a brief interview with Josh. Okay. okay. All right, All right last good. last one, every everybody in the chat.
Right. Okay, so this is interesting to me because this one, more than anything else that we've heard tonight, is um, is kind of bang on trend in the sense that this Balearic garage sound that's popular now, like over over mono and two shell and and that kind of thing, is is like it's it's really big at the moment. So it's it's. Which is funny because it is also it is sort of also like a class. It's a throwback to a classic sound, although it's it's a bit different. Um, so I, so I like that, and also um, I I like this this genre. Although it, that do, it does make me worry that I'm losing my edge. Uh, but yeah, that's you know that's where I'm at now in life. What can I say? Like uh, I, I I thought this track was pretty good. It would it fits right in with along all this stuff that's happening at the moment. Uh, there's not there's not much to it, but it's it's chill, it's a bit stoned, it's it's fancy, all good things. You guys? Um, I thought it had like a nice vibe to it. If if it, it kind of reminded me of my recent trip to Palm Springs. Like it kind of had that sort of <laughs> mood to it, um, which is like you know, oh, man. like I'm I'm not like hating on Palm Springs. Like I I had a great time, but it was just like a very like kind of uh, like sort of like uh, prepared uh, experience. Um, and the track is kind of cool. I thought the vocal was happening too much. I would probably like have the vocal happen half as much. But like the loop, the pads, the drums were pretty cool. That's all I gotta say about it. It feels a little bit too anodyne to me, somehow sanitized in a way that it didn't need to be. Like he, he like hints at this cool, th okay, you get all this pretty stuff in the intro and then he kind of drops it down to just drums and you have this tremendous subharmonic kick drum that I love. And then he's doing this cool thing with like uh, a delay on this clunky hi-hat that's right in the middle. And I love that. And I was I keyed on that immediately and go, okay, that's weird. It's off kilter and fucked up and kind of loose. And then uh, and then it just kind of went away and then other hi-hat and cymbal stuff came in on top of it. And he never really explored that. And to, to me, I wanted to hear that go off in a Stephen Malander Cabaret Voltaire kind of way where the drums start getting kind of sent around. But instead, they were all occupying this tiny little place in the center. This like the center picture like how big a space is this guy trying to frame is he trying to make something really small and intimate or is he really trying to make something that sounds uh sunset and balearic and expansive if you listen to Overmono and these other kind of bands that are doing this kind of stuff that are really well known for it all their sounds are really expansive you're you're, you're framing a space in a piece of music are you framing a space that is the cargo hold of the fucking sulaco or are you framing a space that is a closet in the lifeboat ship uh you know, uh, he had an opportunity here to like take up all this space, and you you usually you can do that with drums by having by separating them out from one another instead of having them all clumped together in the middle, and so that felt like a lost opportunity to me. I agree that the vocals probably happen too much. They're nice, sort of uh, pretty, essentially generic, pitched around vocal science stuff. Uh, I, I don't hate any of that stuff. I, I like that. I, again, it's not something I would necessarily put on in my car, um, but I definitely have heard it while eating breakfast in Tulum, I think. <laughs> um, it's a beautiful song. I mean, the guys, whoever produced it, it's like, cool, you're going to keep, you're going to make great tracks. Like, Who is this person? What's their name? 
Um, let's see here. Uh, is that Capo Blanco? Capo Blanco. Cabo Blanco. Cabo, like the place. Yeah. Cabo. Okay. Well, uh, there you go. There you go, Josh. Breakfast in Cabo. But um, yeah, I think so. It sounds like all of us kind of had a, a similar reaction to it in that because um, I also, again, like the fact that I actually like this this whole thing that's happening and the acts that are that are responsible for it. I don't love it, but I like it. It uh, you know it really it does make me wonder if I'm losing my edge. So like that the the like I I, I get the like the, the anodyneness of it. I just I just want to say to everybody listening, um, I feel like. I've gotten, I'm not even a producer, but I feel like um, there's been so much great knowledge dropped, especially today. So honestly, thank you, Josh, because that's been really, really interesting. It's yeah. been so interesting to 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 listen to your perspective about stuff because it, it um, there's there's a whole new dimension added to it. But, you know, we do. Let's let's uh, I don't know if, if people know this or not. And you certainly can't tell by the way I've been talking about music. But um, I am a former music journalist, so that's one perspective. And then you get the perspective of two producers, one of whom is also an engineer, master, masters music, you know, produces for other people, et cetera. Um, but in fact, I would like to know a little bit more about your background in all this stuff. Because did you, did you, were you playing with Nine Inch Nails or something? Yeah. Yeah, I was in, I was in, I was in Nine Inch Nails during the Tension era. That's really interesting. What were you doing? Uh, playing pretty much all the instruments that nobody else wanted to play, you know, like, <laughs> I mean, I did guitar and bass and all that stuff, but, but also like, I was kind of the shortstop. I kind of just floated around to play whatever needed to get played on a given song. It was fun. But I, I had mean, to play a whole it, bunch of weird stuff. It's funny because I don't know, um, obviously the people listening and the people in the chat may not know this, but, uh, the three of us on the, on the, the call today, we we all know each other, uh, but separately. So obviously, Goucher and I know each other. Goucher and I work together. Um, Goucher and Josh know each other, and Josh and I know each other. But I don't know Josh through Goucher, and, and Goucher doesn't know Josh through me, etc. So it's it's uh, for me. I think I I love it when that kind of thing happens. Um, to be able to talk with peers who are from such different scenes, and we're all in really different time zones, and all of us have. A different approach and different backgrounds and and i love that but uh i i, I think now josh is going to have to tell us about his real life rape confession because he plays out like he's some big sound nerd uh background dude but i'm sure there's been a tall tale or two not so tall because they have to be true these 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 confessions tall t. Uh, <laughs> tall tta I, no, only 5'10". <laughs> I'm only 5'10". I'm not that tall. I'm like no, notoriously average height. Um, uh, yeah, I, I started raving pretty early when I was about 16, 17. And, uh, and I was already making electronic music, but, but you know, not well, not well enough to do anything. And I eventually started getting, um, I'll have two stories to tell. One is not really a confession. One is just me getting dunked on very badly, which was pretty <laughs> funny. It was like one of my first live PAs ever. This was in 1995. And I was doing like, you know, kind of break beady stuff, uh, slow jungle type stuff. A little bit what you would call maybe like pre-liquid liquid, but not real straight. It was still real kind of weird, weird and floral with the beat programming as much as I could do at 18 years old or whatever. And I had all this gear set up and, uh, 
in the in the rave party, uh, in the late night rave party. And, uh, you know, the local promoters are really cool and supportive of me. They're like, yeah, get the kid on, let the kid play. And, and I played and I played my set and I'm like, I did all right. I mean, it was pretty bad, actually. But this one dude was just so fucking troned that he just kept he like ran into my gear, into the back of my gear. And he ran into the back of my Akai sampler like while it was playing. And it like wow. it like broke uh, the MIDI input and it broke the loop. And then my Damn. set just like cratered, you know. Uh, and so, and as a kid, that's like a, like now I don't care when that happens, like fuck, whatever, I just start over, but it was like a big bummer and also a major pain in the ass. Cause it was like all this gear and I was a kid and it was one of my first gigs and I was like, so fucking upset. And I'm like loading out the end of the night and I get out there and the dude is so fucked up. He's literally jumping up and down on the roof of my car, like denting my car. <laughs> the same guy? Oh my god. Same dude who like just trashed my sampler and then I had to like take a loan to like buy a new sampler and it took me years to pay it off. I had no money, you know. I wanted to kill this guy and like the pro I, I wasn't gonna kill him, but I started shouting at him and then he started shouting at me and then my friends grabbed me and they're like, nope, nope, nope. Okay. But anyway, all of this. All of these fucking histrionics and all of this, like me, me producing tracks and trying to get on these gigs was because I was in love with this one girl who's kind of a friend of mine. We were friends and we used to party together, uh, me and her and her girlfriends and my my guy friends. And we would like I, I'd known her since I was, you know, a teenager like that. And at first it was like we were hanging out at the goth clubs and because we were into all the same music. Right. And in New Orleans in the mid 90s, like the goth clubs were fucking awesome and the music was awesome. There's this DJ Mark Taranto who like played music at this club called the crystal. And he was fucking awesome as a DJ. He like turned a lot of people onto a lot of music. He's still making music down there. Um, uh, anyway, we all used to go there and like, I wasn't, I was obsessed with this girl. I'm not going to name her cause she knows who she, she'll know who it is. I'm talking about her. We're friends now. Um, but I, I was obsessed with her and I like followed her around like a puppy dog everywhere. And then she started getting into rave stuff. Uh, as kind of at the same time I was starting to get into it because you know we both started like getting into more electronic music and I started getting into Autechre and Trezor records and IDM stuff and techno stuff and uh and but she was like the hot girl you know at the rave party she was like all the guys liked her and I was obsessed with her and she always had like the the big time boyfriend you know what I mean and it was like it was like every year she would get a new big time boyfriend this isn't much of a confession this is mostly just me embarrassing myself because i was in love with five years i followed her around like to every fucking rave party and i would stay late at every rave party and i was a sober kid like i didn't truly drink or definitely didn't do drugs or whatever so i had to like find ways to like keep myself awake to like try to make myself near this woman that i was like totally obsessed with and she just I had no idea. She had no idea. I was a total coward. And she was like, you should have said something about it. But I, it, she, it wouldn't have made a difference. Like, I was a scrawny little fucking dork, you know? I mean, it is it is a bit of a confession. You're confessing your love, although she already knows. But you're confessing it to the rest of us. And to be honest, I think it's cute. Yeah. I mean, she, I think she's very touched by that. Like, you know, in our older age, like when I, when I see her, when I told her. Because I, I told her about it recently. Because she was looking into this thing. She was like, oh, that's going to be cool. What's your confession going to be? And I'm like, hey, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> My confession is going to be that I was fucking obsessed with you throughout all of the 90s. She's like, no, I was obsessed with you. I was like, no, you weren't. 
<laughs> anyway, I hope she's listening right now. She's gonna get a kick out of this. It's it's gonna be re- it'll be really funny for her. I was so obsessed with her, so totally obsessed with this woman. I think um, it's really sweet because she never knew, and so that is the uh, that you know that's basically that means that you were a real sweetheart about it and you weren't a dick. <laughs> no, I, I I really, you know, uh, I, I really was spitting at best D D plus level game at the time. I had no game. <laughs> At all. My only game was that I was like the only guy in town that made tracks. That was it. Everybody was a DJ. The cool, all the cool kids were DJs. I was the only, there was me and one other guy who was a, a producer, a dance music producer. That was it. We were the only two. Yeah, and then it started to, straight up, I can claim that. Like in the dance music scene, there was, there was Mike Scott and me, and that's it. That's it. That's and then fantastic. everything came out of two camps. You either went into Mike Scott camp and he was like sick as fuck, like Florida breakbeat stuff like so sick like and and he put my first record out in 1995 that's it when i was 18 wow. years old i made, I made a trance record and he put that shit out i made trancey breaks record and he put it out and he was super supportive to me and i'm still indebted to him for that i will always feel a sense of gratitude to him for that um but then basically i became techno guy and he was breaks guy and that was it and then in the dance music scene in new orleans all all the producers from new orleans came down from 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 that we were the first. It's the only thing I can, only claim to fame I can really, really make. I actually find that fascinating because obviously New Orleans has such a rich history in music, and and now you're giving us another um, glimpse into uh, it, uh, another side of its underbelly. And what what you're talking about, uh, goth clubs, especially in the '90s, um, I think actually the it's 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 such an important subculture because if. I, I'm sure this rings true for all Americans of a certain age, but if but if you grew up uh, like a Gen X American, like goth is like the first subculture that you encountered as an alienated teen. So basically, everybody, literally everybody, had a goth phase as a teenager because because for it was sure. like really the the only you know the the only subculture that you would that you would really come across at first anyway. But I still uh, love uh, all that stuff too. I mean, I do you know what happened to me the first time I heard I heard tormentor in the club mark taranto played tormentor in this club my brain fell out of my ass i couldn't fucking believe what i was listening to and people were in there like throwing shapes and just being all cool and the girls were all being cool and and like and like really beautiful and stylish and i was like god damn this fucking rules this is sick there's nothing else like this anywhere and it was yeah. a big scene in New Orleans. It was big, like the goth scene in New Orleans. Like people kind of don't really know about that, but like going back into the '90s, it was a big fucking scene with a lot of people and a lot of bands, and um, and uh, a lot of tourists too. Because I mean, we had Anne Rice and all the voodoo shit. It tied into the whole right. goth mm. subculture. Oh right. yeah, that that works so so well for New yeah. Orleans. Nice. All the cemeteries being above ground was like you see goth kids in the cemeteries every fucking day. You still do every day. You still do. You still do. Still but, do. But I, I definitely there. remember being 16 years old and going to the only underage club in Orlando, and and that's and that's literally what you were accessing. Is you, it was you know at, well at the, I I'm like slightly older than you, and and basically it was like it's goth, industrial, and uh, grunge actually. That's that's what they were playing in the clubs, and it was it was it, those were those were really fun times. Totally, totally. I mean, that was where I first heard "Join in the Chant." Right. At the Same. Crystal, and I was like, "What is this? This rules! What is this yeah. fucking song? What is this dude shouting about?" And I'm sure it was Mark <laughs> who DJed. You know what I mean? 
Uh, I, I mean, Galtra's formative club experiences. He's he's much younger than we are. Are we're, we're a little bit different, but they, they but they they were all DIY and yeah, yeah. You guys were throwing your own parties. Yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, going to college in Providence at that in the two thousands, it was just like a renaissance of warehouse shows. It was crazy. If you ever, if you ever um, hang out with Goucher in person, everybody try to get him to show you the vi- the secret videos of some of those parties from that from that era. Oh yeah, actually, you know, you might you might see that in a music video because I've been digging through the archives for for a music video that's coming out later. So, All right, oh, looking forward then. Yeah, you might see something. Um. um so yeah. I guess I guess. I guess that's basically all the time that we have for this session. And it was a really fun one. Thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciated having you here, Josh. Yeah, Thanks thank for having you. me. I'll, I'll do this anytime. This is a blast. Cool. This has been so fun. And everybody in the chat, like in Twitch, man, y'all, I'm so glad that you guys showed up. And uh, I mean, and Goucher, obviously, you're the best. Oh, uh, thanks, you too. <laughs> um, I'm going to post, I'm going to put up real quick. I don't know. I'm gonna put in the chat the a link, and if you want to send me a demo, just just send me send it to me through that contact form, and I'll add it to the list. Um, yeah. And and if we're, anyone I, listening, we're still accepting demos. <laughs> and if you're listening, you're not watching. Uh, it's lustworkmusic.com/pages/contact. So that's where you can send demos. Cool. So let, we'll do this again. You got to You got to keep just uh, following Goucher's Twitch and social media to know next time we're going to do it. Who Who knows? We have no idea. So, but we're, we're but we did promise when we, when we first started this that we would get through every demo we got sent. So yes. It could take it, it could take a while. <laughs> I'll help. If you need help? Just let me know. Oh, definitely. Yeah, you're coming back for sure. <laughs> All right. So yeah. Thanks, y'all. Until next time, then. Thank you. All right. Peace.